0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.
1: Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash goo for your free audiobook download.
2: Yes, no, maybe so. It's yeah. got so quiet. We're in the podcast right now. Oh, We're no. It, as we speak. it
3: happened.
0: It means that a new week has formed directly in front of our faces. It's Monday. Oh,
3: thank Ooh. God. Let us open
1: the door into Monday. Mm.
3: Thank
0: God it's Monday, right? TGIM.
3: I <laughs> TGIM. Tiggum. It's just been a weekend too long. Like, who needs it? I'm so who glad needs it's the Monday. Weekend. No one no one appreciates Monday like I do.
0: Monday's a, the, like a day for new stuff. Tomorrow yeah. new CDs and DVDs come out if you still buy those.
3: It's the it's the week of Halloween. I mean, what's not to like?
1: Now, some of us have had Halloween celebrations already. What? In fact, Yes, the it's majority like of Christmas Halloween, a week early. It's not, though. It's 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 well, I suppose, but it's easier to do things, have people over on a weekend than it would be on a weeknight, as Halloween tends to be this year.
3: True, but it's a this Thursday. Year, night. It tends to be that this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Well, the uh, now is Halloween as big a deal uh to you, Selena, in Denmark mm, as it no. as we, as you see it is here.
3: Absolutely not. We have Festilout, which is in February. Which is the same okay. thing, but like, uh, you imagine like Disneyland, it's like the, it's like the pastel Disneyland where Halloween is like the colored Disneyland. That's kind of like what the difference is, I would say. So
0: you have two Halloweens?
3: No, no. Well, yeah, but Halloween is oh. not really celebrated, but uh, only well, like still, recently. Some people might. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we, we will here. We're having a party on Saturday, which is amazing. I'm going to be a zombie, um, kind of thing. Slash gypsy. I haven't really figured it out how it's gonna work, but I'm, now, see, I'm gonna see, that's original
2: work. though, cause you went from zombie to zombie slash gypsy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a zombie gypsy. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> Mary Mazdor. <laughs> I might tweet, tweet pictures. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yes, pretty Done. much. But, but um, that's exciting. I,
2: I still would like to point out the fact, though, that Halloween is on a Thursday night. So it's it's not like it's on a Tuesday night. It's on a Thursday night. You <laughs> could take Friday off and continue the celebration into the weekend if you, you wanted could.
3: to.
1: No, because that. then yeah. it's November. No, then yeah. it's November and you're celebrating Halloween, which is in October Holiday, everybody knows it's in October. Even though it's on the thirty first, it just feels would feel weird to be like to wait all past Halloween through Halloween. So, um,
3: so guys, are you gonna hand out uh, camel balls when people come trick or treating? <laughs> and is that a trick or a treat?
0: Both. <laughs> it's a dual purpose. It's a candy. treat. What are you talking <laughs> <Absolutely>. about? <laughs>
1: it's a trick of a treat. Can we?
3: Oh agree yeah. Agree
1: on
0: that. I think Thursday nights a reasonable night though. A lot of people go out, so that makes sense. Anyway,
1: that's true. true. People are just dead to the world on
2: Friday. What I really End want to that. see, though, <laughs>
0: is what people are like on Friday morning. That'll if you're still zombies. wearing your Game of Thrones-themed costumes Friday morning, you need to let us know on Twitter. Oh, Absolutely.
3: yeah. We want to see those.
0: Like, the the costumes are great. Everyone wants to see, like, your rendition of Jon Snow. We got a tweet recently put in the show notes where someone was dressed up like George R. R. Martin, and it was hilarious. I was
2: thinking of uh, <laughs> dressing up as the Blood Raven. Blood Raven.
3: Mm, this is, I, I feel like this is a segue into a news story. It Am is Am I feeling that right, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay then. there's
2: been a bit of <laughs> casting news that's been taking place because of course, you know as much as we're immersed in a clash of kings here, there is filming going on for season four. Yes. It's true there's a real world there is a real world well, is it really a
0: real world? <laughs> I can never tell it's starting to become just like cloudy. They're all bleeding together nowadays.
2: It seems as though a British actor. And I apologize in advance <laughs> if I screw this up. Selena, you can correct me. Ha- Selena, try. how about you just say his name?
3: Struan Roger.
2: Yeah, that's it. Thanks, <laughs> Selena.
3: You're welcome, <laughs> Micah, anytime. <laughs> uh,
2: that he has been cast, uh, in the role of the three-eyed raven, um, but we know that, uh, there has been a three-eyed raven already cast, which is an actual animal that we see uh, yeah. in, in the first uh, season mm-hmm. or two on HBO. This guy is
3: not an animal. At least this not guy is
2: not bird. an animal. That's Well, technically... He
3: might be a party animal. We don't know.
2: Uh, <laughs> but of course, uh, there is a lot of speculation that he uh, will play the role of Bloodraven, who mm-hmm. is a character uh, that mm-hmm. comes into play uh, later on, much much later on uh in the book series, and uh, we won't go into too much detail there, but uh one this can imagine interesting, that that
4: yeah.
2: yeah that that ties into brand's storyline because mm-hmm. let 's face it, it seems like all ravens uh and and other uh animals you know, play into uh his storyline in one capacity or another but uh it it just means that you know as has been speculated many many times that we're going to start. Deviating a bit from what's canon and what, mm. you know, would follow progression in terms of the second half of Storm of Swords, where this character, uh, doesn't really come into play much until a dance with dragons. So now we are moving things around a little bit.
3: But that's interesting though, too, because from a perspective of having read the books without spoiling too much, I mean, this is sort of, it's not really skipping anything in Bran's journey as much as it is just, Jumping ahead but not really I mean they they're not skipping anything to get to this point, I don't think. So it's just gonna be really interesting what they're gonna do with Bran in season like while they're catching all the other characters up. Unless this is exactly. gonna be a common trend, you know what I mean? Because what are they gonna do with him after this?
2: Yeah, they're they're gonna have to um embellish a little bit or they're gonna to have to put him off uh to the side and not make him as focal. As focal does that ma- does that make sense, but he, focused <laughs> yeah not as much a central point of view character as he has been through you know the first three seasons, and that might work depending on what other characters they destru they decide to really focus on uh in the upcoming seasons you know we didn't we didn't want to let this bit of casting news go by without discussing it uh a little bit and of course, for those of you who have read the books, you can go over onto winnerscoming.net dot net or hypable dot com and read more about this and see what others think about them moving this particular character up, uh, in, in the storyline. Um, and I, and I forget which article it was, but one did mention the fact Bran only has three chapters in a storm of swords. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh wow. So uh, prior to dance with dragons, it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out. You know, do they kind of make Struan a, uh, uh you know, somebody <laughs> who kind of is behind the scenes in the shadows or as for, we call him Stru true. yeah. Strew. There you go. It's kind of
0: like stew but with an R. Yeah,
3: but with an R. <laughs> it kinda
0: of makes me of stirring stew. It's like mm. a verb. Strew. strew. Strew that. I
3: strew it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean are you,
1: Micah, with this casting news and Selena too, are are looks a factor? Are you judging, you know, are you saying, Oh yeah, that's just the red
2: raven eye picture? Mm,
3: no. Well oh, okay. I don't know. How about you? I don't know if you Micah but
2: I, I don't know. It it's always hard once they once they cast people. Um to say whether or not they kind of, you know, are in sync with the person that I was thinking of while I was reading the, the actual book, because Mm. again, there's separation, I think for a lot of people, because you, it, it reminds me a bit not to go back to Potter, but you know, if you read the Harry Potter books before you saw the films, you have a very clear definition in your mind, or at least I think you would, right. Of what those characters look like to you personally. Versus what the casting was like, um, whereas somebody who's seen the film first, you know, are are you know, they're prejudiced in a way because they're whenever they start reading the books, should they read the books, they're going to think of Hagrid as Robbie Coltrane. They're going to think of, um, you know, so it's just uh,
1: different worlds, and they're still working on the game. Like this person will probably fit the show that they're making.
2: I think they've done a great job with casting overall, so I I don't think that. There's going to be any issues as far as, as that's concerned. I know that they've played around with a couple of things, um, as we've discussed on the show, you know, Solidar San is black in the show. He's white in the books. Um, you know, and they've, they've obviously recast a couple of, of different characters, including the mountain. Um, I think he's on his third go around right now, (laughs) but, uh, overall, I think people have been pretty satisfied with, you know, what they've seen on screen. If that answers your question.
3: Yeah. Yeah, sure. One
2: person I know that people would be very, 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 very upset if they recast is Jon Snow.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it
2: just so happens that we will be spending today with him beyond the wall. Oh,
3: good. I yes. miss him. And, you
1: know, before we do, I was looking on this latest list of uh nominees for the Wicknet Awards. We remember these. They are ongoing, and the latest-
2: Eric Skull, Killing Transition since 2013. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> the latest category for the Wicknet Awards is Best Quote of Season 3. And, you know, I was looking on- I voted I, on
2: this today, actually. I
1: was shocked to find Jon Snow not on there. He had so many lines in Season
3: 3.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very I don't none
3: nice. spring to mind, but well, yeah, very well what done. Well, Eric, uh, what are the nominees- <laughs>
1: The nominees <laughs> for Best Quote. Should we take turns on this? Okay. No, I, I
2: think you should read them.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, here, here are the nominees for <laughs> I was for-
3: disappointed. I really wanted to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah Selena was totally in there. The <laughs> no, go, go for it. I will oh, no, no, you can go, do it. You, you and I will go back and forth. <laughs> okay. You do, uh, Selena, you take the bastard.
3: Okay, I, I'll take the bastard. No, I cannot do that line justice. You better do All it. All
0: men must die, but we are not men.
3: I am Daenerys Stormborn of the House Targaryen of the blood of old Valyria. Valyrian is my mother tongue. And I'm voting for that one.
1: <laughs> if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. <sighs>
4: course, I
2: don't know about that, Eric. Snow. That has to be know. a little bit more sinister mm-hmm. than that. You have to do, You're an on, actor,
1: Eric. This Halloween. has a happy ending. You haven't been paying attention.
3: <laughs> like a cowboy? You a anyway. little
2: jovial there. I don't know. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: He's yeah. jovial. He's a psychopath. What do you want from me? Stop.
0: Psychopaths are jovial. Okay. Jo- jovial. Okay. Jovial. Mm. Okay, I've got Ari here from Kiss by Fire. She says, could you bring back a man without his head? Not six times, just once. That sounded more like
2: Ramsey. <laughs> I know.
3: I was going to say. <laughs> I, I don't know cry. about that one. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so. go. Mike, you got the last one. The
2: Lannisters sent their regards. Oh, Ooh. yes.
3: We, I think we have a winner. That was creepy. So which one did you vote for, guys?
2: I voted for that one. Mm. Mm.
3: I do yeah, like, I have I to say the, the, the girl power, um, in me yeah, does I'm have to say sure all, all men must die, but we are not men. I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: death to that's men. That's like I'm an a...
3: Eowyn quote right there. I am no man. Mm,
1: Okay, I'm going to go with Ramsey Snow. I think he was uh, probably speaking for the showrunners. (laughs)
3: Uh, when, <laughs> yeah you're when, right when, that's when, very when meta he said that
1: it? you think this is having a happy ending yeah you're not paying attention yeah.
0: looks like the the are on wick um decided to go with a little bit of an honorable mention ride on with hodor that was a quote this season Absolutely. But, uh, it's, it's been a quote a few seasons running too as well if i'm if i'm correct
1: that's one of those best quotes it's like uh don't tell me what i can't do from lost yeah uh, it, <laughs> it just it keeps showing actually... up in in different uh Different ways, always from the same person though. In this case, but still.
3: Oh, it must be so hard for these guys to to choose because now I'm just thinking of all the ones not on the list. They
1: gave two to Danny. I don't know. I don't know, but hmm. we'll have to see. It'd be, people, people love Danny though. She's she gets some good stuff to do in this season. So, mm. and I believe at least one of us gave the owner of the season to her. So,
3: mm. Misa. <laughs> <laughs> Misa, so here yes.
0: Comes the incredibly sweaty transition to Jon Snow. Okay, he's so having uh, a little bit of a time in the snow as Jon Snow would be having.
3: I was going to say from one Targaryen <laughs> to another, but we're just going to get angry emails for oh, theorizing. Oh, yeah.
1: You, I'll send you an angry email for that. He's not a Targaryen.
0: I, well, I've got a passage here from the from the book we could start it with. Okay. Lineage theories aside, Jon Snow is here. He 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 is shuffling himself out of bed because he heard a certain horn blast. And I thought I'd start out this discussion with a little bit of, of a, an excerpt from the chapter because I think it really puts you in the right frame of mind. It says... The long, low note lingered at the edge of the hearing. The sentries at the ring wall stood still in their footsteps, breath frosting and heads turned toward the west. As the sound of the horn faded, even the wind ceased to blow. Men rolled from their blankets and reached for spears and sword belts, moving quietly, listening. A horse wickered and was hushed. For a heartbeat, it seemed as if the whole forest were holding its breath. The brothers of the Night's Watch waited for a second blast, praying they should not hear it, fearing that they would. I bring this up because it makes me think of how unsettling it must be for any horn to go off at all. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, shit, is it going to go for the second time and we're going to have to fight for our like lives right here and now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, after this moment in the book, they was basically saying they were, like, shrugging it off to each other and they'd be like, nah, we didn't think the second horn was coming. We knew the guys were coming back. So then it becomes jovial once again.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, I love places where there are horns and horns and stories. <laughs> that may seem... <laughs> So weird, but <laughs> yep. it's true. It's, it's the, cause it's, it's helpful to have a horn. You can prepare. You have a couple more, even if the second horn were to blow, um, they have the advance, the slight advance notice, uh, on it. So tactically and for your own personal, you know, demons to prepare is, is always better. Right. But at the same time, they have this eerie sound to them and they're, they're always foreboding. They're always, you know, bringing some sort of unpleasant. Uh, news, and even thinking even of the bells in uh, King's Landing ring- ringing out for the death uh of prominent folk, and and so you know in general though I, I think they have a really cool effect, not only of waking people, um, but reading about them makes you think, oh God, what's happening?
0: In this case, it's not bad news though.
1: Well, it's still eerie though. Oh um, well,
0: yeah, yeah. I was just making transition. It, so
1: it is. So it is the safe return of the other men from the Shadow Tower, which is cool.
2: Well, not fully safe. Mm,
1: yes, of course.
2: There They're were missing some a few men.
1: Just a few, but how's the horn going to translate that? At one point, the thir- <laughs> At one point, the horn blowing just gets old. Right? <laughs> They're back. <laughs> There's some missing. <laughs> 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 They're hungry. I
0: always try to set up a transition where someone mm. would be like, Yeah, corn half-hand's coming back. How about that?
3: Yeah, <laughs> corn half-hand's <or>, coming back. How about that?
1: Or actually, <laughs> just half a thing
0: for half-hand. <laughs> That's the sound of a thousand golden dragons falling from the sky as we move into Game of Owns, the advertising section. Hello, Eric. How are you?
1: Hello, hello, Zach. Yes, and- <clears throat> Dodging all of these falling dragons—it's—it's
0: it's a hard life. Dodging golden coins falling from the sky, but as we do on this podcast, we're uh, we're doing it big this week. Working with uh, good friends of ours, Audible.
1: Audible. For those of you who don't know, Audible is the web's leading provider of audiobooks, and Audible I have used in the past to bring me, and in fact, I'm using him right now to listen through our read through of Clash of Kings. And this is how I'm reading along in the book while we're doing these chapters. You know, something that's really super convenient about using this is that I listen while I'm at work or in the car. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm reading, but at the same time, I'm perfectly able to, you know, multitask to drive to get where I'm going. And it takes no extra time. It's time I would have spent anyway, except I get to read. A Game of Thrones book, because it's an audiobook.
0: And it's convenient because, literally, like Eric said, it's a lot like what you guys are doing now, listening to this podcast.
1: You guys, basically listeners of this podcast, get a free downloadable token... ...for one free audiobook, and that is when they sign up at audiblepodcast.com slash goo through us. And, you know, although we recommend that you download one of the Game of Thrones, uh, you know, books, particularly the Clash of Kings, which we're working at right now, you also have the opportunity to browse their massive selection of other books, uh, fiction, nonfiction, periodicals, number of other things, and you, you can just browse it and make your decision... Based on that.
2: Head on
0: over to audiblepodcast.com slash goo for your free audiobook download. It's a great opportunity to support the show that you've been listening to for now over 150 episodes. So we thank you ahead of time and say we can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.
2: So we, we talked a little bit about earlier the, uh, the Targaryen theory surrounding Jon Snow. But speaking of a uh, good old Corinne Halfhand, when he said, when he sees Jon Snow, he recognizes who he is at once. Mm.
3: Yeah. And he's like, you have your father's look. Yeah.
2: So your mother's
3: eyes. And
2: I know we shouldn't go into too much detail about this, but there's obviously a lot of speculation about the parenting of, Mm -hmm. of Jon snow and, and where he comes from and who his mom and dad really are. But what does that say though, that he looks very much like Ned and even Ned's dad?
1: Well, I always felt that Liana was his mother, no matter what, um, you know, yeah. no matter who the father was, I really don't think there's like a third level of deception going on. Well, I think where Liana's like, Promise me you'll take another woman's child for me, Ned. Promise right.
3: me. He does a lot to um to hammer the point home that Arya and this is in, in Catelyn's chapter as well, which we 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 we've read as what we're we going to read. Um <laughs> but Arya um looks like Liana. The rest of the Stark children look like Tully's but John and Arya are the only ones who look like the starks and Arya looks like liana that's what i'm trying to say so okay by that by john looking like ned he's actually and like Arya, he's actually also looking like liana is what i'm trying to say
0: <laughs> huh. but then again there's so much confusion mixed up with it anyway because it's like do we know liana's the mother we don't really know that we
3: don't but it it's, these are all I mean, just
0: guesses it's hard mm, you know what i
3: mean it's just a really really solid theory I think the, the the more the bigger question is who the dad is, and that's where the theories come in. But let's not talk about that because people get mad when we do that. So, <laughs> regardless of
1: all that, I mean, Corrin is kind of re- relying on Jon Snow being a Stark uh, for the reasons. That's kind of why he takes him along at the end.
0: I kind of saw it as Corrin could see that Jon could hold his own. And wanted good people with him. And maybe he wanted to allow John to kind of stretch his legs a little bit. And, you know, he was just cooking him breakfast. I mean, when the, when the half hand comes in, mm. he's, he's receiving half hand for the Lord Commander because this is his role as being his steward. And so he's receiving him. He's taking the breakfast orders. He's going out and, and cooking the meal with Ed and the boys and, and bringing this <laughs> deliciousness back in, which is, this is what he ordered, which I really liked. Mm. He was offered wine. He's offered spiced wine or, 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 or ale. He was like, cold water. Oh, water will do. <laughs> Now, tell me that doesn't actually sound pretty good. Mm. Where It's so cold. Everyone is just freezing. They're at the fist of the First Men. Everyone's rolling in. They just come back from their range. And he's turning down these alcoholic drinks. And, you know, knowing so much of what we know about Halfhand so far in the chapter that he stands straight as a spear. And he's this just rugged, badass dude who caught Mm -hmm. an axe coming toward his face with his hand. This guy is like, yeah, I'll just take some boiled water. And, uh, he just ordered, orders proteins right after that. And <laughs> I just thought, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he, th- this is a guy George is clearly trying to tell us has it going on. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I think that he just wanted to choose John because John was, he could tell John was, that was had a more going on in his though, head. Though, by the way. I
3: choose you. <laughs> but I, but I also think, I mean, it's, yeah, he's going to keep, keep John next to him on the road. But no, I think that. He also – I mean I think he's already planning his big plan, which we already saw on the TV show, of getting John into the camp. And pr- he probably wants John because of the fact that he's a Stark.
2: I really liked in this chapter that we were able to get the backstory on Corin and yeah. kind of how he came by his name. Zach, you mentioned that earlier. Um, but at the same time, it, it really painted the picture of how much of a dire situation the Night's Watch is in, right? They had mm-hmm. – 17 towers, they're down to three. They have all but 200 men, maybe a few more now with Corrin showing up. And they're about to go to war with Mance Raider, and it's very clear that the Lord Commander doesn't have a very good handle on, on what he's about to face. And, you know, we, we, as a result of that, you hear whispers of mutiny. Um, Jon mm. Snow overhears things that he really Shouldn't have heard. uh, Doesn't think about bringing it to the Lord Commander. But you know, as we know from the TV show, it's very clear that these men of the Night's Watch are, you know, about as loyal as cell swords are.
1: Yeah, and that's a shame because they took a they took an oath. You know,
3: <laughs> I know. I agree. I get it. It's bastards. I get it. It's
1: cold up there, and that makes men want to protect themselves and that sort of thing. But. Regardless of who they side with, like uh, Chet and and Lark and them talking about not going to the Frost Fangs, no matter what Old Bear says. Like, come on. I mean, seriously, like, you're cold no matter what. These are all – you're up there. You might as well do your duty. Like, if you don't have duty, what do you have? Who are you?
0: You have to see it from their point of view, though. I mean, the, the Night's Watch is not the same establishment it was many, many years ago. I mean, going from 18 Towers to 3, we're talking about – a group of people that was like another army essentially that held the north and held all of these bad things at bay including the wildlings mm. now it's just a whisper of what it used to be so they're thinking of the prospect of facing the wildlings combined with just a massive host of thousands of people that are running at you with sharp things versus yeah. these 200 some plus guys who are trained good enough by alistair thorne and the, the boys you know but i mean it's still it's just overwhelmingly daunting numbers and as we've seen from from 300. Uh you can be absolutely <laughs> awesome and really good and and still, you know, it's it's going to be the numbers are just not in your favor. You're not hiding behind Helms deep here. Like you're attacking them. You're yeah. you're the first line it's of defense. It's pretty
3: stupid when you think about it. Like what they're doing, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's why Micah was like I I don't really think Lord 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 Commander has a handle on the situation and they feel the same way. So mm. it's like we took an oath, but it's not the same that it used to be. So I don't agree with how craven they're being, but I think there's so much, there's so many smarter ways to do it than what they're doing
2: now. Yeah. Well, they do make the point of saying that they need Winterfell to rally the north for them and come and fight against these wildlings. And not only that, but to send out ravens to all of these supposed kings or those that have named themselves kings. And try and get them on their side as well because what's coming is far more dangerous than whatever these kings are fighting about amongst themselves. And who will be the king that answers the call? Watch (laughs) HBO season three. (laughs) Oh God.
1: Well, why not all of them? I mean, here, I keep going back to the line, uh, from a couple chapters ago where Sir Jorah tells Danny that nothing strengthens, uh, These, these strangers or whatever than a common enemy or a common offshore, you know, ailment for, for them to face. So I keep thinking that, well, it obviously applies to Danny's situation with her dragon. She comes, she shows up and, you know, suddenly there aren't these rifts in the kingdom anymore because they're all trying to get rid of the dragons. It's really the same with the white walkers. If the white walkers were only to strike, I I feel like almost the night's watch should stand aside, find a cave somewhere and let these white walkers start you know coming into the kingdom and see how quickly they get support then
0: that's that's the ticket though this whole thing they they're so terrified of this actually coming into the civilized world and i'm using that with heavy air quotes because <laughs> halfhand says it himself in this chapter he sees this as we need to just buy these people time because there's literally no way we can actually stop whatever's happening actually Unless, you know, certain plans work, like with John, for example. Mm. So it's like they're trying almost anything they can at this point, And it's like, oh, man, they're fighting a losing battle.
1: Yeah, really, the only comfort that they have is the fact that these men were driven away the first time. Uh, you know, these White Walkers, these beings, these creatures were kept at bay for thousands upon thousands of years. I think that gives them a little bit of hope. Uh That it can be done again, but
0: it is really a twofold war, though, for them. Yeah, it's the wildlings and the White Walkers.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so we're left to really wonder what is going to befall the Night's Watch because the battles that they're facing—you know—they're they're facing man and they're facing the supernatural, both at the same time. And yet, back in King's Landing, or back in really south of the Wall, in general. You have these these kings who are, you know, getting ready to fight each other, and you're wondering to yourself, it, it's like you said, Eric, when you're when, you know, you think back to the Danny chapters. Ultimately, all these wars are taking place on all these different fronts. What is going to rally some of them together to fight under the same cause? It, it's going to be something that ultimately threatens their. Existence. Their livelihood, their existence <laughs> yeah. as a whole. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely, and that's in some ways just what they need in a way like it this is. might be the only thing that can save Westeros it really the is
0: the story is so much a tale of just depressing themes we see these bad things happening even as far as Karth and we'll see even more later when Danny travels uh, not to mention what's going on in Westeros and you, you hear old bear say things like if Winterfell were there to kind of pick up the slack after we're out of the way and, and start leading the war north like you can think of Rob's armies and think you know that really would help if they weren't fighting anyone, anyone else think about all of the men and the things they would be able to do against these wild they could surely destroy the wildlings probably just the north themselves mm-hmm. it's just like so sad because you know when he's saying these things that's not going to happen i mean you know by reading it this far in the book that they're way too caught up in their own shit yeah
1: yeah
2: but john snow does something very smart it's kind of glossed over a little bit but the fact that he divided up the dragon glass that they found and gave it out to a number of different people Is Mm -hmm. is in my mind very advantageous because we know that Jon Snow is going off now, you know, with Corin Halfhand, but he's left his brothers with something to defend themselves, even if they don't even realize it at this point. I mean, Dolores Ed, he mocks. Um, the dragon glass, right? He says it's about as useful as nipples on a knight's breastplate. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Which did you? Did any of you think of Batman and Robin? Where Batman? <laughs> I worked? do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
0: it's for comfort. Built the for bat comfort. suit has
1: nipples.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but he always puts things in perspective.
3: Yeah, no,
0: it's true. He really does. Dollar said is is such a great tool George has utilized yes. in his chapters. I yes. think
3: you know it's so funny with with him as well because when you just read it quickly, like the first time I was reading through all the books, it was I did do a very quick read and I just remember being like Dollar's Ed, God, so weird. Like he's just complaining all the time, <laughs> and it took me a while to realize that he was really funny <laughs> what he was saying. I don't know what happened.
0: He drew great parallels in this chapter when he was talking while he was cooking the eggs and he was like, I would gladly trade at, trade places with that egg right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh. He was like, I would jump yes. into a
0: skillet if it were that big enough. And may it's or just, may not be someone's kind of, own. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 well, let's, let's talk about, uh, Mance for a bit. Cause again, off screen, we hear about Mance Raider, uh, and what he may or may not be planning. Um, did it, I mean, it feels like you just, they, they're st- strategically they want to try and and get what he's after
0: i'm afraid to talk about it because i feel like this is one of the biggest reveals we've had ever in the podcast
1: Ooh.
4: oh no Oh.
0: i mean is it not can we say it can we just be like okay i mean of course we have to because this is where we are but for me i was reading it and i was just like ding ling now i understand things so much better and it's what i thought so okay, yes let's hear what it is well he's it, the, the, there's the talk when half was speaking to old bear and they were having their meeting underneath the small tent Mm
4: -hmm. he was
0: like i think my theory and you listen to this if you if you'd like lord commander but i think personally mance is not there for any random reason i believe he plans to cross the wall or utilize some kind of outstanding power and they call it power in the books i'm just afraid to say it because he's looking for a power in the north and the whole time i've just been thinking there's got to be some kind of like crazy shit up there that is controlling the White Walkers or something crazy. And I'm just <laughs> like, is this the whisperings of it coming to be in the book? I don't know. But it's it's interesting to read about.
1: Do you think it's like a don- donkey wheel at all?
0: A donkey a, a wheel? donkey? A yeah,
1: donkey like a frozen wi- no. donkey wheel kind of thing? The frozen donkey wheel in The mm. Lost. Mm. Inside oh. the... I don't know. <laughs> I hope notice? not.
3: They've watched the Lost. The- they know. But no, I don't think that they're going to send Westeros back in time. Although that might be an interesting way to explore the backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Book six, everybody. (laughs) We cracked it. He basically
2: laid it out for Mormont. He said, Mance is not going over the wall. He's not going under the wall. He's going through the damn wall. We'll see what happens.
1: Well, in the show, they scale the wall. (laughs) They climb it. They were scouting, though. Uh, Oh, okay. There's
2: more than just the uh, six people that scaled the wall.
1: No, I know that. Okay. I do do realize that he sent them ahead.
0: I just think that this is a a big revelation because – I mean it could be totally random. But to me it felt like it's a big revelation, some kind of power. You know, Mm -hmm. a power, because so far in the book, it's been so much about the numbers and the skill of our fighters. But right now we've got someone that's after a power. And then to me, that's even more mysterious than a dragon. At the end of the day, dragons are still just, you know, things. They're dragons. They're large reptiles or something that breathe fire. You know, there's still not some mysterious so far undefined power, which is interesting to me.
2: I think the chapters in these books very subtly lay the groundwork for the fact that magic is very much alive in this world you know we talked a little bit about it uh um, in in Davos's chapter even uh, with the uh with with Storm's End and the fact that Melisandre could sense that magic was inside of these walls and that's not even to mention what happens later on in the chapter you know in Danny's chapter you know the the, the individual who is drawing strength from her to create that fiery ladder. You know, magic exists, and the fact that Zach pointed out that you have Mance Rayder, who, who is trying to seek out some form of power, some form of sorcery that lives beyond the wall, or or can aid him in his quest to move south. You know, we're not just talking about you know brute force anymore. We're not just talking about Swords clashing together and, you know, the kind of wars and battles that we're seeing take place in the South. We're talking about a whole different level now.
1: Well, this is like, um, the Nazis going after the Ark of the Covenant, right? In Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, essentially it's, it's, it's this, what you would see through the eyes of history as being just a standard army, but it, you know, they were interested in the religious artifacts, the artifacts that not only were told to have a great power and later the holy grail I <laughs> hate that I'm keeping <laughs> to reference the Indiana Jones for my history lessons here. Keep it alive. <laughs> but, but still though, honestly that um you know these the that the idea that if they were ever to get a hold of a holy relic that is actually real, they could twist it for their own political military strength and that sort of thing. And and you know, a relic that is magic in the Mance Raider's case or this this power. Uh, that it could be used and twisted and wielded by man, uh, for, for their own ends. Yeah.
2: And, and we know of things like that. I mean, we've heard about them before in, in previous chapters and previous books and what the value of those things are. I mean, I think it's, it's always a matter of the person and, and what they actually consider something to be worth, right? Dollarus Ed thinks Dragonglass is worth shit. John yeah. Snow says that he gave that old worthless horn to Sam.
3: Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. Well, it's all about the perspective of that individual. Perhaps that horn isn't worthless, and we know Dragon Glass just from you know seeing the TV show that has mm-hmm. value to it too. It's
1: just about the coolest thing you can wield.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's clear in the book it's
0: important. You know, John goes the length of making himself a badass dagger with it, with a hilt. So we know that, you know, just reading the book, drawing from context clues that it's just not there for no reason.
1: Somebody took care to bury it. Ghost took the time to dig it up so and to lead John all the way there to it. So clearly it's important. Yeah.
0: Book's getting magical, guys. I know, Stuff's I love happening. it. I love it's like it. Harry Potter. It's interesting but not. so far, we've, we've, I mean, it's been years in the podcast, I guess, months and months and months and, months and chapters and chapters and chapters and books mm-hmm. and books. and
3: Chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter. By
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's turning into something that is m- even more mysterious, you know, yeah. it's, and they're finally, I feel like George is finally giving us the breadcrumbs to the rest of the story because I was, I was talking with um Axe Chucker and Marco the other day. On Skype and we were talking about the books and he was just they were just kind of laying out the how they saw the pattern of the books unfolding and about how
3: oh I hope they kept their the spoilers themselves
0: they, they did they did they they kept they, they said that you know there's a flow to the first handful of books that they feel will be and this is just kind of summing up our conversation that they feel will be and I completely agree um mirrored but like doubled so essentially we're going to see some of the power of these earlier books I mean we've got two complete books left that I have a feeling are just going to be outrageously crazy Mm -hmm. and and awesome and I think that right now we're reading those breadcrumbs that will eventually lead into some kind of epic story that's going to be even bigger than lots of things we've ever seen before
3: yeah and considering how much is set up even you know in every single chapter we're finding things that are being set up and things that are being you know alluded to it's going to be yeah it's going to set up something huge
0: it's just going to be batshit crazy i can assume it's just going to be an incredible end of the series last two books turn
3: the donkey wheel and uh, Aegon Targaryen is going to come back (laughs) to life and
0: (laughs) (laughs) obviously we'll keep crazy theories uh to ourselves not we have to show for that
3: (laughs) it's time for (laughs) own it oh i have an own Okay, my own is the quote that uh, Zach um, introduced earlier in the podcast. Thank you very much for that. Everybody <laughs> no is dying problem. to hear it. Um mm-hmm. It is the Dol- Dol- Dolores Ed who stood over the kettle, swishing the eggs about with a spoon. I envy those eggs, he said. I could do with a bit of boiling about now. If the kettle were <laughs> larger, I might jump in. Though I would sooner it were wine than water. There are worse ways to die than warm and drunk. And then he starts talking about his brother who drowned himself in wine, and then they drank it. And I just, yeah, <laughs> he's the best.
1: <laughs> he was like, we needed a drink
0: afterwards. Yeah, it's right your there. brother
3: dead. You don't need him a drink as well. Yeah, it's great.
1: Uh, mine I spoke about earlier as well, just Corin, um choosing Jon Snow and you know, you. allowing him into the north. Obviously, we, there wouldn't be a story if he hadn't done this mm. because we aren't POVs with anybody else. Yeah. Um, but it makes things interesting for up and coming
3: well he needed John Snow to be allowed to go into the tall grass no
1: so <laughs> nobody <laughs> it, worked, it worked for him as
4: well Oh, Still, oh man like,
0: yeah. alright well I have less of interesting references in my own or uh, comments that could be derived from my own but I think it just needs to go to Old Bear's Raven who in the midst of their conversation just at the tail end when they kind of all realized there was really no way out of this because the south is not going to help in any any way shape or form most likely uh the crow just starts going death death death, <laughs> death dead dead death just starts saying that and it's just like oh god that is imagine that conversation where they are how cold it is how delicious the food is and then he just starts saying yeah you're gonna die yeah i'm
1: surprised that bird is still
2: alive. i really like to give my own um to dollar set as well for the quote i read earlier but i think i'm gonna give it to sam oh of course he just asks john To further annoy Eric, has your uncle come back yet? (laughs) (laughs) There's the obligatory Benjen Stark. That doesn't annoy me. I mean,
1: it it doesn't. I am waiting patiently for Uncle Benjen.
2: I don't know that we're ever going to find out where Benjen Stark is. Oh, no,
1: don't say that. (laughs) I
2: just think he went beyond the wall and he's never coming back. That's my own personal theory. It'll probably be proven untrue at some point, but that's what I think. But I give my own to Sam because, you know, despite everything that's going on, he still thinks about family.
0: Yeah, that's a good own. I like that. Well, I
1: feel like we are a family.
3: Oh, Do
2: you? We are. And
3: so we feel like we are a family <laughs> with all of our listeners who have yes. also sent in owns.
1: One, a Leslie Barres wrote in to us, and, and she may no longer be Barres for reasons that you will see, Um said to us yesterday – Listening to Game of Owns as I get ready on my wedding day. Thanks. Thanks, Goo. For keeping me zen on my big day, Drew and Leslie getting married
3: hashtag. Wow.
1: Congrats, Leslie.
0: <laughs> we're so
3: glad to be a part of your big day, Leslie. <laughs> we hope There like, is
1: wow. no – this is like we're in the wedding party, guys.
3: Mm.
0: I was texting uh Eric – I forget. I was texting one of you earlier today, and I was like, guys, there's someone that's listening to our show in their wedding dress. Just want to let you know that.
1: I, I mean, I cannot think of another sign for – having made it, you know, but not just made it, but, you know, really, it's a mark of pride for us to have produced something that gets listened to on wedding day. I don't know a, what we made,
3: day. but this is pretty damn cool. So that's awesome.
1: We just really want to say that, that, that we appreciate all, although we did have a, uh, a, uh, a man, uh, point out uh, something, you know, quite, quite rightly. This was Gordy Walsh, uh, who when we shared this story on Facebook, uh, remarked, is she crazy? Ga-
4: <laughs> Game
1: of Thrones, Game of Thrones and wedding should never converge <laughs> ever. So we hope and we, now we, we have to hear heard- from you. <laughs> yes, it's been a day since we've heard from Leslie. Um, so we would like to hear from her again, uh, because we, we really just want to say that we're, we're super. Um, honored to have been yeah. with you on your big Absolutely. day. There's no other words for it.
0: Alright, well I got an idea. So in celebration of Drew and Leslie's marriage, let's have a musical celebration. This is Eric Skull. Reads the tweets and however long it takes him to listen to this song.
1: <laughs> Chad says, what are your thoughts of Robbie Coltrane as a potential cast member on Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones?
3: <laughs> I, I would love Robbie Coltrane on uh, Game uh,
1: of Thrones. Uh, Robbie can join us cast. it's not Game of Thrones without you, Hagrid. <laughs> Uh,
0: There's a
3: storm Cakes. of swords coming, Harry. Ah, yes. Oh.
1: Storm's coming. Ah. You're a war, Brian. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Chad
1: asks us Manderley for the TV show. Yeah. How would be like Sure. It? Yes.
3: yes. Why not? I, I accept. I think, yeah.
1: Capital yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ra- Robbie Coltrane <laughs> makes everything better by his presence. I agree completely. Gabriella Marone uh, has done some weighing. They say, I was curious to see how much a Dance with Dragons weighed, <laughs> so I put it on the scale. Turns out it's 3.2 pounds. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. about
3: right. That pounds. owns for sure. I actually did weigh it once, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We have uh, xs1m30 slash forward xx, the you fire If You just read of... the Twitter handle. Yeah. That might be easier. <laughs> we have at the fire of Belden on Twitter saying, rules 63, George R. R Martin cosplay at CBCC. Of course, there's a picture of it.
0: Uh-huh. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's epic.
1: That is the epic George R R Martin cosplay. And I think the fact... Either the beard or the mouth is crooked a little bit and the hat and the hat is crooked and it's, it's kind of just all sorts of awkward and kind of funny. Um, so we like that, but, uh, Peggy Ruiz has sent us a photo about to try <laughs> some of Omagong Brewery's Take the Black Stout. Yum, yum, I yum, yum. I have the yum. same unopened bottle that I look forward to enjoy. So do I. Yum, I yum, 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 yum,
2: yum. We're all Let's all drink at the same time. Let's get on Twitter. S- yep. Selena,
0: let's drink boiled water and okay, i
3: I just want the boiled water, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll That's take the boiled water. Good
1: enough for me. And Miranda Gwynn, who writes in and says Tyrion joined us for game night. Unfortunately, House Stark is holding him captive in a bowl. No, this this has to be one of the cutest. What are these things called? Enix or toys? Enix or the <laughs> the little the little the little toys that are that are that have the little heads. Uh, in them. And, um, using <laughs> a little bowl. And it's the cutest thing I think ever on this couch. Oh, so, so cute. In fact, that's going on my phone. That's going to be my phone background now. It's
0: um, so cute.
1: So thank cute. you, Miranda Gwyn. We have some comments now on winteriscoming.net. That is winteriscoming.net. Of course, uh, you can comment on any of the posts regarding our episodes and we will read them and we will see them and we will read them on the show if we like them. Well, the first one, uh, no surprise here is by a man named Rygar. Who says, I can't be beat.
0: Yeah, congrats on always being first place in our contest to be the first commenter. You win. It's
1: true. It's true. As far as first commenters go, Rygar is where it is at. Yes. Now, we do want to give a birthday shout-out to Oz of Thrones, who recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, Oz of Thrones. Happy birthday. And Chicken Duck (laughs) agrees with my assessment on last Friday's episode that the fan art by Anja regarding the Shadow Vash scene... (laughs) Really is strangely hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go, you got it.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And speaking of this scene, we,
2: we did okay. get a few emails in. You can send those into contact at gameofowns.com. John Webster says my own goes to George for chilling me to the bone slash scaring the hell out of me. And, uh, he quotes the book. He had only an instant to look at it before it was gone, twisting between the bars of the portcullis and racing across the surface of the water, but that instant was long enough. He knew that shadow as he knew the man who'd cast it. This is, without a doubt, one of the most memorable and frightening passages from the series, just superbly well-written, and a really big what the fuck.
1: (laughs) You could have said WTF, but whatever, you went for it, that's cool. I did. Uh, Dave Clark, speaking of emails... Wrote in also and said, I found Game of Owns after Micah stumbled into the Alohomora podcast a few weeks back. Was and I drunk? S- I guess you were, <laughs> you must have been pretty uh, buzzed sounding. And I'm so grateful that he did. Never mentioned that I'm on a little more and on this show, but whatever. Since he plugged Game of Thrones <laughs> at just the did. end, oh, yes. that's the key. Someone that's did. the key. Plugging Game of Thrones. Okay. After numerous Song of Ice and Fire references, I'm deployed with the Navy to the Middle East and brought my Ice and Fire books with me to read a second time, since I felt like there was so much I missed on my first read through. Your podcast gives me a great commentary to accompany my reread. Thanks so much. Also. My own, in the Davos chapter, goes to King Stannis. It takes some camel-sized balls (laughs) to ride the fine line between justice and humiliation in honoring Davos with knighthood while cutting off his fingers to pay for his years of smuggling. In this chapter, he rides that line again, showing Davos honor while reminding him of his lost digits. To me, it seems Stannis knows that Davos is supremely loyal to him due to almost entirely the fact that Stannis did cut his fingers off. Davos know the king is just and true in all circumstances, even to a fault. And because of that, Davos will remain loyal to Stannis to the end.
2: Oh, that's a really, uh, really great point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, thanks Dave. Uh, we, uh, we're glad that uh, you uh know, we can uh, be in your ear holes uh, while you're uh, deployed over in the Middle East. And we hope that uh, you return home safely very, very soon.
0: And good luck on your reread. I think everyone needs to do a little reread every now and again, right? Especially I just, so. me. Just, just because, say
3: it. Yeah we need to. So much to remember. <laughs> free free. And remember, free free. ladies
0: and gentlemen, there are a very, very small amount of small days in between now and
2: Halloween. Ooh, Ooh. scary. Ah, that we means just you have costumes. Of and by the way, there is a costume contest courtesy of winnerscoming.net for the best Game of Thrones costume. I know we asked you guys on the show to send us yours as well, but don't forget. And of course, if you plan on dressing up as our hosts, uh, which uh, you know we still challenge you to do, be sure to send those pictures as well. We're really looking forward to seeing some of you in Fishnet, courtesy of uh, Eric's... Was it? What did you dress up in Fishnet for last year? It was, it year, was Halloween? Uh, Finnick O'Dare,
1: but uh, <laughs> I could easily be confused as Theod Greyjoy. It could easily be confused. Easily, easily, easily. No, Winter's Coming has this great banner. It says Halloween is coming. <laughs> that
0: was a very spooky laugh. And with that, I'm Zach Louie.
1: <laughs> I'm <laughs> Eric
3: Scott ha, <laughs> I'm Selena Wilkin. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> a witch or something? <laughs>
2: Because my voice just already sounds that way, I'm Mike Atanapel.
0: <laughs> it's going to be spooky next time. Bye,
2: guys.